All right, so we've got tons of issues going on. I want to talk uh, briefly, uh, if you can believe it or not, about the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, why? Because Kavanaugh is a pivotal moment in our history. It's becoming such. Whatever happens, confirming him or not, uh, is going to be this. It'll still leave this as a huge fulcrum moment in our history. In much the same way, in fact, more than the Thomas, uh, the Clarence Thomas hearings, this will be a fulcrum moment. Uh, in the same way that the McCarthy era is a fulcrum moment, this will be a fulcrum moment. In the same way that 9-11, oddly enough, was a fulcrum moment, this will be a fulcrum moment. Why do I say this? Because everything about the, these hearings, and again, just to summarize, this is about Kavanaugh's uh, antics alleged antics when he was 17 years old, uh, truly a teenager, not even a, you know, of majority age, uh, and 35, 36 years ago. So the absurdity of it, let alone the fact that there's no evidence to back it up, is, is so palpable and so weird that even Democrats, I think, understand that this is, uh, is beyond the pale. Something's very odd about it. It's frightening. If, for example, and I'll, it, it's almost the level of saying, and we can joke about it, but, you know, Mr. Kavanaugh, isn't it true that when you were 13 years old, you said the word F, F-U-C-K, okay? I'm spelling it out. You said that word. Uh, well, I don't remember it specifically, but probably, uh-huh, <laughs> okay? You, that would be very bizarre, right? And everyone would say, well, haven't we all? I mean, isn't that basically what's happened? But yeah, but you're not on, you're not being, uh, you know, held to account. You're not giving testimony right now. So we're focusing on you, Mr. Kennedy. Uh, sorry, Mr. Kavanaugh. And, and we'd say this is absurd. I mean, everything about it would be absurd. Isn't this very similar, Ari, to the, the, uh, the thought police where uh, in 1984, and for that matter, in communism and fascism, uh, the, the, the morals police and such, where everyone was, in fact, you know, engaging in something that would, could be considered licentious or whatever, or drinking during prohibition or otherwise. Everyone's doing it, but they're targeting this one man. And that's where we are. It's a fulcrum moment because the, the level of absurdity that we've hit and that people are running with this and now discussing this as the yet another Me Too movement and making comparisons to Bill Cosby, you know, the, who has been convicted of drugging women and then raping them. Um, that's, that's bad stuff where there is very substantial evidence and his own admissions to this effect, right? And, and then comparing him to Bill Cosby, comparing him to Bill Clinton, who clearly, with his very substantial evidence, almost certainly raped at least three women, three women who actually came forward. So here we are, and it's a fulcrum moment. I find it fascinating. And we can go into the details of, you know, how this woman, Christine Ford, has been lying and how she has a salacious background of her own, and we can get into the weeds of who's right and who's wrong. But it, I, I want to step back a little bit and talk about the absurdity just of the charges to begin Just, with. Yeah, it's like, yes. I, I, I want somebody in, the, in the, the Senate confirmation hearings to just stand up and say, really, guys? This is the reason why we are nominating or not nominating, or sorry, we're, whether we're confirming or not confirming this man? Really? That's where we've gone to? 
I mean, the, the issue... Yeah, high school? High school. High school? Yeah. And, and putting aside the fact that they, they don't have any meaningful evidence and she's, she's not credible, you know, I mean, Christine Ford, not, not credible, let alone the, the other two women who claimed some salacious allegations against him. But, but really, I just want somebody to say that the king has no clothes. The emperor has no clothes. What's going on with us? I, I, have, we, have we descended to, into the, this kind of body? I, I want... Yeah, what next? You uh, didn't walk by age three? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't chew your food? You chewed with your mouth open at age eight? You yeah. didn't use a fork and knife by age 10? What level of childhood are we going to now use as the standard to determine someone is, isn't fit to be as an adult on the Supreme Court? It's, like you say, it's ridiculous. Well, it's, it's also shameful. Uh, that, that's, I guess, where I'm going with this. It's a little bit like uh, there's a Star Trek episode where um, they, uh, they go down to this planet and uh, horrible things that they, they engage in and without even realizing that they've engaged in it because a drug has, has affected them. And uh, one of the leaders of the group, uh, upon realizing what they've done, say, they say, what have we done? What, you know, I can't believe we, we were capable of this. And... I think that's where we're heading to. That, that's why I call it a fulcrum moment, because we will look back on this and say, what the hell happened here? How could we have let this come to this level? Putting aside the fact that if, if the Democrats pursue this path, that two things will happen. One is that they are going to lose literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people from the Democratic Party because they know that this is not right. I'm talking about the reasonable Democrats, not the diehard lefties who wear the pussy hats uh, and are all about transgendered rights. I'm talking about just reasonable Democrats who have lived their lives um, voting the blue ticket because, you know, that's what their family did. They're going to change. They're going to say, this, this ain't fair. They're, they're going to recognize that Kavanaugh is, in fact, a good man, and they're, they're destroying a good man. And it's, going to, it's not going to sit well with them. It's going to live, leave a very bad taste in their mouths. So, that, so that's one issue. Okay? So that's going to be a very big impact. But then the second impact that's going to happen is that, I mean, it, it's like, like they don't even think about it. Like, if you want that standard, my friends, we got a hell of a lot more goods on you Democrats. Okay? Because at least we Republicans, we have standards right? You liberals, you lefties, but, but liberals included, you have a lot more bad stuff. So when, when the day comes that you have a Democrat president, and there will be one day, God willing, uh, more than six years from now, uh, hopefully uh, 10 years, 12, you know, four, hopefully 16 years, and a half years, from exactly, now. whatever. Uh, that would be nice, but there would be a, a Democrat president soon enough. And when he nominates a justice, do we get to do the same thing? And you won't be able to, to say, oh, well, you know, you're being unfair, you're being ridiculous, because apparently there's no level below which you go. This is the ultimate ridiculous standard. You've created that now, and you're going to have to live with it, just like you had to live with a much smaller issue, but the filibuster rule, right? Harry Reid basically got rid of the filibuster in order to ensure rem remrodding of uh, judicial appointments uh, under Obama. Okay, fine. And now, because of that, we now have a simple majority that, that's required, and that's that. So they, they would have been able to defeat Kavanaugh, and for that matter, um, what's his name? Gorsuch. Gorsuch uh, e easily, because we didn't have a two-thirds uh, approval, confirmation of the Senate. 
right? And there was no filibuster rules and such. But here we are. We've got Neil Gorsuch now and hopefully uh, Kavanaugh. And if it's not Kavanaugh, then it'll be somebody else. And, you know, God willing, we're going to gain a couple of seats in the Senate and it'll make all the more easy to get a very conservative uh, nominee. And who knows? Maybe we'll renominate Kavanaugh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Right? And then reconsider the whole issue because Flake will be out, right? It'll, it, I think it's going to be fascinating. Well, I, th- I think just that point is somewhat <clears throat> moot with the information that came out in the last couple of days. Uh, Kavanaugh is going to get uh, approved. He just will be. Okay? End of story. But uh, well, From your lips to God's ears. Yeah. And it, by the time people hear this podcast, we will know the answer to it. But I, I think he will. I mean, the information that's come out is so damning now. that Against Christine Ford. Against Christine Ford. And just to summarize, and by the time you listen to this podcast, even more will come out. But what came out at this point is there's a lady named McLean that... After testifying under oath in the hearings that she had never helped anyone with a polygraph, has come out that she coached this woman on polygraphs. Right. But and Christine Ford. Christine Ford. Had co- coached somebody else. McLean, who's yeah. an FBI agent right. or former FBI agent, on how to beat polygraphs. So uh, she's perjured herself. The only question now is will she be prosecuted? Uh, it proves yet another lie on stack, stacked on top of all the other lies she said about flying, claustrophobia, the incident happening, her witnesses, everything else, that Kavanaugh's been telling the truth, Ford isn't. So there's now no reason for anyone not to approve him because right. everything's been proven that he's honest, she's not. Right. Uh, it's gotten so bad, in fact, that the Democrats, in their early opposition to him, were opposing him on the grounds of his policy positions and opinions. They then did all this whole full circle of things going to the allegations, all these accusers, et cetera, et cetera. Now that they've all fallen apart and fallen apart to the point where it's he he was declared not not guilty, but like the Duke lacrosse players, you said a couple podcasts back, they were declared innocent. Right. It's incredibly rare. He was declared innocent by Mitchell. Right. Of all charges, <laughs> all suspicion. Yep. So now the Democrats have come full circle and are now basing their Opposition to him on his policies. Right. Again. So it's all falling apart. We, yeah, it's all falling apart. And uh, even if they, I mean, it certainly would be much fairer grounds to oppose him on policy grounds. I get that. But even that, you're not supposed to. That's that's not the grounds upon which you're supposed to not confirm a senator, uh, a uh, judicial uh, nominee. Uh, the grounds upon which you're supposed to say no is their ability. Uh, are they qualified? Are and. And the question is, is he qualified? Of yeah. course he Are is. Are they free from schizophrenia, for instance, right? Well, <laughs> no, no, swings, it, you know? no the, the whole idea is, like, if you have a good friend who's a garbage man, you know, not to poo-poo garbage man, but he, he's not a lawyer. He has no sense of justice whatsoever. He's, he, has, he doesn't know the law at all. But he's a good buddy of yours, and you want him on the Supreme Court uh, because he'll agree with whatever you say. Uh, okay, he's not qualified. All right, that that's right. the standard, okay? <laughs> and we Republicans observe that standard. I mean, and the proof in point is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, okay? There was 93 to 7. There were there were a hell of a lot more Republican senators than 7 back in the days when she was nominated for the Supreme Court. And the Republicans held to the correct standard, which is is she qualified? Yes, she was qualified. She had, um, you know, really quite a long career in justice. She had been a, 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 a judge for a long time in the, in the circuit of courts, courts of appeal, and and before that. So she, yeah, she was qualified. We don't like her policies one bit, but 
You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, that it's was the prerogative of the discussion. president. Yeah. It wasn't up for discussion. They got it. But the Democrats, it's always this way. If you look through the Democratic, uh, sorry, the, the nominees nominated by a Democrat president and what it took to get that person uh, on the bench, it, it was very easy. It was relatively smooth sailing for them. It, once the, with the exception of uh, Mer- Merrill Garland, Mer- Merrick Garland, uh, with, the, with that exception, and that, the, that wasn't about his policy or anything else. They just didn't want to approve it at all. They, they, they pushed it aside. But the actual nomination process, no. It, it, you, you don't hear of a single battle like what the Republicans have to face. Right, but with the Republicans, unless they nominate a guy like Kennedy, you know, in this case, Anthony Kennedy, who is pro-gay marriage and loves their policies, any other Republican nominee... It's, there's incredible opposition to him. It's, it's right. and, it, and it's unreasonable opposition. Yeah. Bork, Thomas, now yeah. Gorsuch face it. Kavanaugh, remember with Gorsuch, right. they almost didn't get him through either. Right. Don't forget. It, it's a very, very tough fight and unreasonably so and, and improperly so. Anyway, so I'm, I'm bringing this up because I want to dovetail into our main theme. Because actually, now that I think about it, uh, it deals directly with a theme. And here is here it is. It's, it, I'll pose it as a question first. What do uh, um, modern art, modern music, and sex today all have in common? They all suck. <laughs> all right. Okay. We're not really going there. <laughs> um, but 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 it's it relates to what we were just talking about. Now that I think about it, those those three areas and and more. Um, and, and now I, I would add the, the world of politics to it. They have no standards. Okay, those three things, and now politics in, in the in the Kavanaugh hearings, uh, as they well evidence. Um, everyone is simply seeking out the pleasure in each of those things, but not the central purpose of each of those things. Okay, so <clears throat> what do I mean by that? Let's let's take modern art first and foremost. Okay, you look at modern art today, and uh, for, forgetting whether or not it's aesthetically pleasing to the eye, it's it. You ask, you ask this if, if you could talk to the painting that you're looking at, and I'm talking about those paintings where it's splotched with a lot of paint on it, and a monkey could have done it, right? And you look at it, and you and you and you you want to talk to the painting and say, "Hey, painting, what do you want from me? <laughs> what's the what's the idea? What what is it? You're, you're throwing this thing at me. What are you saying?" Okay, it's a bunch of gobbledygook. It's as if you just kind of threw a bunch of words at me, Ari, right now. And I would say to you, Ari, you're making no sense. I don't understand your words. Please use a subject, a verb, and then a predicate, followed by a period. Okay? And then go with a, a next sentence that follows logically after that. Right? That's the purpose of grammar. Right? <laughs> to, to get you from point A to point B in a concept. Right? Um, and, but, but modern art, it goes anywhere. There are no rules anymore associated with that. Dennis Prager, uh, Prager University, Prager U as we call it now, uh, has a very good video exactly on this issue. It, it is devoid of any basic structure anymore. Okay? Even the Impressionists, when they started their, their whole new technique of art, still followed basic concepts 
of art, and I, I don't need to get into it right now, but uh, concepts like centering your focus of the painting so that you have an idea of what to look at. You mean like sentence structure, having a subject? Having a subject, right. And then having a predicate, which is how you looked at that subject? Right. <laughs> but, context. But, yeah. but look, art in the old days um, was really, I mean, you look at almost any artwork. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper, for example, is a good example. Um, you know, um, Michelangelo's David and such, it was in some way evoking God or hallmarking something fantastic about God, reaching out to God and bringing out the great spirituality in all of us and calling on, on our better angels to achieve what we can. Sometimes they, the art would be about historical issues, about the suffering of a people. Or showing a battle <clears throat> or something. Right, showing a battle. But, but either way, there was something majestic about it. There was purpose to the art. Um, likewise with modern music, and I'm talking about modern music, um, which it, it, first of all, it's a lot better than modern art because most modern music understands that you, you can't just have a bunch of uh, tinny sounds and such uh, and, and not go anywhere with the music and not at least have rhythm or some sort of melody associated with that. Otherwise, you know, people are not going to buy it. There's a difference because the government uh, funds a lot of the uh, modern art and the government doesn't fund modern music, thank God, okay? But that's the way it works. Uh, but even music today, a lot of it is just beat for the sake of beat, um, you know, for the sake of dancing to it. But without the elevation that music should give, right? I mean, I, I'm talking about a song like Hey Jude, or um, Radiohead's uh, How to Disappear Completely, which is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. There's, there are many, many beautiful songs like that. And it's this kind of songs that you listen to it in your car or otherwise when you don't have any distractions and you just feel your body lifting, right? It's, that, it's almost spiritual. And that's a wonderful thing when music can do that. Um, and, then, and, and then sex. Sex is a big deal. Right, I, I save the best for last. Why don't you look at me when <clears throat> I say that? Uh, <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> Ari's uh, beautiful wife Feeney is here with us today. <clears throat> he looks at her as if he's asking a question. Uh, Sex right. is spiritual, right? With him, right? Well, it's spiritual. I, I'd rather look She's at her like, when I'm talking about no. that than you. <laughs> She's a lot more beautiful than you. In fact, that's not saying She's much. I apologize, Feeney. Forty-five sec <laughs> seconds of agony is spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this PG. No more than PG-13. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, the point is, in, in the world of sex, um, it's this anything goes, no structure, no holds barred attitude, right? Look, the, we, we talked before about the, the purpose of sex itself. I mean, the, the intensity of the pleasure. Nobody asks about the intensity of the pleasure of sex, at least the way it should be, of course. But um, it, it's... It's so wonderful. It's so intense. It's not like, you know, you have a good ice cream, which is pleasurable, right? I mean, hey, you know, there's She'd a certain... She'd rather have a good ice cream than sex. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is a distracting moment. <laughs> so listen, listen. So, uh, look, I happen to like peanut butter, chocolate, uh, Rocky Road, whatever, uh, Ben and & Jerry's, and that's great. I, I think it's very tasty, okay? It's very pleasurable to me. I also like mountain biking. That's very pleasurable to me. Uh, there's a lot of things that I find pleasurable. Listening to music is, can be very pleasurable as well. But it's not with the intensity of sex. So, and, and that's why you hear the expression when a lot of people say that something's so intense, they say, man, it's better than sex, right? Uh, some of the astronauts have said the experience going into space was better than sex. Fine. 
But the, there, there's, a, there's an important point there. Why? Why is it so intense? Right? I mean, if, I, I get it. You know, you want to make it pleasurable so that can, people, people can procreate. But, but the intensity of it, there's something about it that's, that's more than just pleasurable. And you have to ask yourself, why is, the case? why is that the case? I think we concluded at the end of the day that it's, it's the, the intensity is when you're with your mate, you feel like this oneness. And there's, it's like a closeness to God itself, himself uh, when you experience that in the, in the correct and most wonderful way possible. You're making a union that, that God wants. So it, I think that's all very healthy. But there are, there are rules, right, associated with sex. We know from the Bible, for example, homosexuality is frowned upon. It's not supposed to be done, okay? Um, we know that uh, bigamy is not supposed to be done. We know that uh, adultery is not supposed to be done. Um, we know that child, um, you know, uh, sex should, should never be done. Incest should never be done and so forth. Um, and you shouldn't get, you know, ideally you should not have sex before you're married. You forgot animals. Right, that's right. No, no sex with animals. Uh, and, and it's not, a, it's, by the way, sadly and tragically, it's, it's not a small thing. It happens quite a bit. So it's, it, it actually is good that you brought that up. It is a, a very strict prohibition against that because, God, unfortunately, people do that. Uh, and then even in Jewish tradition, um, you're not supposed to have sex during certain times of, of the month based upon the woman's menstrual cycle and so forth. There are all sorts of things associated with sex. Um, and there are encouragements for sex on Shabbat. For example, and also hear that <laughs> he's talking to his wife. Obviously, uh, he's you're not talking to me, right? All right. <laughs> no, homosexuality is prohibited. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm glad we found that glad, out. Glad we established we the rules here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but there are rules, right? But now, now, my friends, those rules are going out the window, aren't they? Isn't isn't sex going the way of modern art? And modern music. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say that they're, they're, there's something in common. We can discuss them in the same sentence in a way because they're all breaking down in terms of the basic concept of rules. Why do we have sex in the first place? And then they're teaching about, you know, homosexual sex, anal sex, and you should try it. Go ahead. Go for it. Um, you should have group sex, um, orgies and such like that. And what does it matter uh, who gets married to whom and so forth? Um, and if you feel like a woman, and, but you're biologically a male, well, what's the big deal? And so forth. These are, and, and then not only that, but you're supposed to be, they tell you who you're supposed to be attracted to and, and things like this. It, it's all, the rules are out the window. Yeah, what do they call it's, it? Fluid. It's all Fluidity. Fluid. Yeah. And you're supposed to think of yourself first and foremost uh, in, a, in a sexual way. Of course, right after you think of yourself in a racial way, right? I'm a black man. I am a Hispanic man. I am a Jewish man. I'm, I'm an Eskimo, whatever it yeah, might be. And if you're a white heterosexual, <clears throat> um, self-identifying as male, you're just supposed to hate yourself. Right. And especially right. if you're a Christian. Oh, let me. Oh. <laughs> don't forget that. That's the ultimate uh, wrong. So, but, but the rules, it, it's really fascinating to me, Ari. It's, it's, uh, and now we see it in politics, too. Well, we also right? see it in <clears throat> sports. Uh, I mean, Good amazing. <clears throat> and, and I think the point you're driving at here is there's no game without the rules, right? right? And there's no music without the rules, and quality is noise. Art without the rules or the purpose is just 
stuff. Right. Sex without the rules is devolved into a mishmash of unspecific pleasures and pains without a driving force. Uh, um, I have a quick anecdote. Do, do you need? Can I? Well, there's one, one other point I want to say. It's, I mean, even just one more point, but I want to hear your anecdote because yeah. it's. Uh, I, I think I know where we're going to go with this. Uh, we even have rules in the way we eat, right? I mean, people understand this. Um, you are, you know, by and large, you really should try to get your vegetables and get your fruits and your grains. But you wouldn't have a diet full of only sugar, for example. You could strip away, you could have a meal in front of you. Well, I only want to eat the thing I like, which is, let's say, rice, you know, because I happen to like rice. And white rice at that. Uh, and ignore the vegetables, ignore the beans, ignore uh, the meat in your case, for example, as, as a central part of your diet. Um, it, whatever it is, you, 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 have, you the rules are not only that you're supposed to eat certain kinds of foods at certain kinds of times, but also the way we eat, right? Fork and knife. And we have the fork on the right side, the, 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 the left, knife on the left side, and there's a napkin involved. Hopefully there's a table mat involved, and you sit down, and you know, hopefully you, you eat with some sort of structure with your family. That's always a good thing. Hopefully there's a table involved, chairs involved, yeah, room exactly. involved, lighting involved. Yeah, yeah, you try not to eat on the run. I mean, we all do, but you don't want to make that a normal thing. We understand that there's some sort of structure associated with eating, plus the social uh, and participatory acts associated with eating. Shabbat is a very good example of that, right? And we say prayers, and there's even more structure that you can impose upon that. But, you know, if, if you didn't do that, and people just kind of ate things that they just saw on the ground all the time, like animals, well then, you know, you, you would say, well, that's we, something has fallen apart here. Um, I don't think we're getting close to that, that, that realm, but um, we understand that you need to have some sort of health issues. Likewise, on, on traffic, right? We understand rules are very important. You should drive on the right side of the road, okay? We understand that you need to stop at certain intersections because, well, that, those are the rules of the road, and if you don't do it. So why, why do we understand these rules of the road so well when it comes to traffic? Why do we understand that? But we don't understand it when it comes to art, music, sex, and now politics. Yeah, and like traffic, the same people mm -hmm. ruining those other things are ruining traffic is... You've well, seen which we've talked about before. Too. No, no, I, but 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 even the most diehard lefty understands that he needs to stop at a stop sign. Okay, at but the moment, yes. At the moment, but let me explain yeah. why. Because it's a rhetorical question. Yeah, they understand the rules of the road. Why? Because the impact of everyone violating those rules of the road would be disastrous immediately. Okay, it's you don't have to wait five years to see the consequences of running a red light. Because you will, you run a couple of red lights, you will get hit very soon. D disaster will hit if you don't observe the rules of the road, and disaster will hit immediately. By, by, by contrast, the defying the rules of art, defying the rules of music, defying the rules of sex and politics, you won't necessarily see it instantaneously. Well, it has the incremental effect. It's an incremental yeah. effect. But the last few days, and we've talked about before. I've observed, and then I'll get to the anecdote, which sure. I think ties in with what you're saying earlier. So clearly is I've seen people violate the rules of the road and the way roads are being laid out. You know, we've talked about the whole Agenda 21 thing. The point is we've made the argument here that they destroy everything they touch and that they, they, and then they touch everything. They're even touching traffic now. Right. And That's right. the consequence now is they're willing to accept it. The other day, 
Feeney and I were in the car with the kids. And near where our, where our, both of our kids go to school, and right. their kids too, right. mm-hmm. is a um, train line, a, uh, a subway line, right? right? Mm-hmm. The way those traffic signals operated, we almost got caught on the tracks with the train coming, following all the rules of the road, okay? Yesterday, we're at an intersection in Venice, California, where this kind of thing happens regularly, and we're at a stop sign. We run. We move from the stop sign because we stop, start going. A bike rider runs through the stop sign perpendicular to us, almost gets run over by us. In another instance, we're trying to make a right turn onto Venice Boulevard where they've done one of these Agenda 21 road diets, and we almost get hit by a car coming in the other direction. In other words, they've rejiggered the roads to make them more lethal now. Right. They've reached that point. It's more chaotic, road. yeah. And then the, the quick anecdote I want to say is we've... We, People may sort of understand the blurring of the lines in sex, like with art and music and politics, but there's an, an amazing uh, sort of phenomenon at play here. We've all seen these people who wear, <clears throat> I love this, who wear their politics on their sleeves and now on their heads and now on their arms. Right. You've seen, we've all seen those social justice warrior clad people with the funny colored hair. It looks like a clockwork orange where they have the blue streaks or the blue hair, the green hair or whatever. There are these young people, mostly women, in the Los Angeles area, which is famous for beautiful people looking beautiful and being health conscious, right? Doing yoga and all that. Remember something called the goth movement years ago? Sure, of course. It's like a version of goth without the fine style and the – like – there was a movie Beetlejuice from a long time ago, and I know this might get long-winded, but it has a really good point, I think, that you'll like. And remember Winona Ryder in that movie? And she was sort of goth-looking, but she was cute-ish. Right. Remember that? that? Okay, so that had a style. We're now seeing these people, these college campus social justice warrior types, and they're dressed sort of goth-like, except they're flabby and ugly, and they're covered with tattoos, and they have the funny-colored hair, and they're pasty-looking, and they obviously don't give a flying you-know-what about how they look. They're in the prime of their lives, early 20s, early 30s. They should be, at the for, as women, within the peak uh, bracket of their sexual market value. And they're doing everything they can to look repulsive to the other gender or anyone else. With the idea that, remember, they've been indoctrinated with the idea that sex is fluid. Sex is whatever you want it to be. And like you said, they've lost connection with what sex is for. To connect with someone that you love and to do God's work of procreating and having a family that will love you and you will love to carry on the next generation. They've rejected all these rules. They've turned their bodies into, if you will, a piece of art. But the piece of art their bodies are has no rules uh, about beauty right. or anything. It's just a mishmash of ink and tattoos and blah, blah, blah written all over and weird piercings, all with the effect of looking as hideous as possible. I'm walking down the beach two days ago at sunset, and I come across one of these. And, and on, the, on my walk, I see a number of attractive people, some more beautiful than others, in bathing suits and everything. Then I walk past a social justice warrior type woman. She's got all the different things and the tattoos and everything. And she's walking on the beach. And, of course, she looks completely miserable. And she embodies everything you're saying. She's rejected 
in, in a multimedia extravaganza of her body, she's rejected standards of every art form and sex form and political there you form go. There you go. in one person, and right. she sacrificed <clears throat> everything in her life for these causes of fluid, uh, fluid mishmash of nothingness. That's right. Uh, That's why I wanted to tell that. Uh, no, and it's a long anecdote, but I appreciate it, and I, I think that it does exemplify it. But we, we know such people all over the place. They, they have no sense of standards. They are told that anything goes. Even in grammar, for example, there's a, a good liberal friend that I have. Uh, I'll say lefty friend again to correct myself. But she was saying how, you know, I was, I was talking to her about a choice of words that she had chosen, and I said, it, it's actually this and not that, whatever it was. And she said, well, actually, um, it's a perfectly legitimate word now, and uh, words are being added to the dictionary all the time and such like that. And uh, you can spell it this way. You can spell it that way. It, you know, it doesn't matter so much anymore. And I said, that's really interesting because there are word choices. Anything goes now. The, the spelling of words doesn't matter. The choices of words don't matter. Your grammar doesn't matter. Um, you know, from little things like you shouldn't end a sentence with a preposition, for example, um, or the spelling of, uh, you know, there, there, and there, right? It doesn't matter. Uh, you can use the word uh, number four in place of the word for, F-O-R, or F, F you know, is an example. Um, the, the difference between less and fewer, that doesn't matter anymore. Things like this, because the notion of rules, well, that's offensive to a lot of the left, Never mind that they want to impose, ironically, a tremendous amount of rules upon you. All the wrong rules, you know. Yeah, it would be. It wouldn't be half bad. Right. It would just be kind of annoying if they were just rejecting the rules for themselves and they were living, if you will, the alternative lifestyle, kind of like in the 1970s and 80s when you, I don't know if you lived in L.A. then, but you know Melrose was where the punks hang out. So you'd go there and you'd see the punks. But you know what the punks never wanted to do? They never wanted you if you weren't an authentic punk. To dress up like a punk. Otherwise, you were called a poser because you weren't really living the lifestyle. Right. It was a cool stalemate of philosophy. We don't want to live that way. I'd like to look beautiful and have sex with women who are beautiful. They don't. Right. I and between the two, we shall not meet. But now, they're rejecting rules. And then they're hostile to us for choosing rules for ourselves. Well, not only that. Not only that, but they want to invade your territory, right? Bingo. Uh, and, and the best example of that is the whole um, uh, the gay marriage issue, where they not only expect you to give them the right to uh, get married, which they now have, uh, but also you have to celebrate it with them. Right. You have to be in a, in a joyous cacophony with them um, and, and, cons- and join in their parades, no less. And if you don't, well, then you're a hater. And right. who knows, maybe we should even criminalize you. Yeah. So, you know, to say nothing of the, the cakes and everything else and the, the ph- photography services, everything yeah, they, else. Yeah, they do the pride parade. And if you don't feel their pride, right. you hate them. That's right. You're, <laughs> right. you're a bad person. Yes. You need to participate. And we want to make that, you know, as, as a requirement. So Masterpiece uh, Bakery and all that, yeah. right? So in addition to the transgender movement, you're supposed to celebrate that. Now you're supposed to change your own language, the way you refer to a he or she. Um, you're supposed to say J or J Zim, Z or Zim Yeah, and, and the word they you know, Yeah, like, Z I, 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 just, I, I just couldn't believe it I mean, like I, I saw on, on Facebook A friend of mine was proud of her son Passing uh, a driver's test So she writes uh, uh, Look who passed their driving test Like 
Was there, was there more than one person passing this test at the same time? A whole group passed. That's, that's right. so good. Look who passed it. And, and, but it was passed. a picture of her son yeah. right there. Like, that's a they? That's a there? I mean, and she's she's very bright. And she's very educated. And, and she has, you know, master's degrees. And this was, this Which is was why purpose, she's capable of using this She was purposefully language. using the word there. Now, yes. Now, so uh, so they, they it's not enough to simply be accepted. Now you have to change yourself. That's the difference. It, to to make the you know to to follow up on your point about Melrose, where they just want to live their own way, but they're not imposing it upon you. No, now it's time to impose it upon you. You yes. need to change not just your attitudes. You have to adopt our lifestyles. You have to ask your child whether they feel like a boy or a girl, even though you you know damn well that your girl feels like a girl. And this this is not an issue. But now you have to kind of put that bug in their ear and make them think this, this sort of thing and, and change your whole dynamic so that you can normalize their very abnormal behavior. Yeah. Uh, same thing with same-sex marriage, um, which is very odd. And, and we see now, I mean, this is perhaps anecdotal, but I, don't, I think it's more than anecdotal. Um, there are teachers in England who are now forcing their, their elementary school-aged children to write love letters uh, between Prince Harry and his servant, right? Like as manservant, a, a manservant, in order to uh, to reflect uh, the possibility of them getting married and such like that. So obviously, there's an agenda going on yeah. there. Um, so there, there's this this decay of the rules and an inability to appreciate why things are and why they have been the way they are. Let's go back to sex. Uh, by the way, sex sells. So I'm going back to sex. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank yes, you. You're, you are welcome. Now, sorry, Feeney. <laughs> no, sex sex sells for women too. They 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 like to talk about sex like anyone else. But <laughs> look, the, <laughs> look yeah, at her she, reaction. She's smiling. Well, watch what she just did. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, no, they all do. They all do. But women never lie, right? That's right, exactly. I believe her. I believe her. So the point is that look at the end. One of the fulcrum moments in history we'll talk about, and and that this moment that I'm about to talk about changed all what I'm saying now. Okay, so before this fulcrum moment uh, that I'm about to talk about, sex was truly something that was very intimate um, between a husband and a wife. And the notion of avoiding sex until you're married was very, very strong. It was unusual to have sex before marriage. It happened, of course, you know, more than we'd like to think, but nevertheless, it was still considered outside of the norm. You waited until you were married to have sex. And that was the, the way it was for literally thousands of years until this one fulcrum moment. Do you know what it was? When I say it, you'll say, yeah, of course. The advent of the birth control pill. That changed everything. Okay? Suddenly, it was a promise that no matter what happened, you could have you know, sex willy-nilly. Consequence-free. Consequence-free. Um, and you know, before that, um, while you can certainly take certain measures to avoid pregnancy, um, it was a lot less reliable. The birth control pill was very reliable. And it was on-demand sex all of a sudden, and it made everyone question, and it altered the whole way we viewed sex. And we, we stripped all the things associated with the sex and its very purpose, which was the creation of a bond between a man and a woman in an ecstatic sort of way that only those two could share. And, and for the glory of God, and, and for that matter, for the, the glory of, of creating and reproducing. This is, 
and, and the notion of love itself was so powerful. Now it's like stripping away, you know, the, the grains of rice, well, all the fiber associated with rice, and now it's just the white rice, <laughs> right? Now it's only, that's all you need to do, right? I'll just have the fun part of the rice. And that's what sex has become. So now that is the norm, you understand. Premarital sex. And, in fact, and frankly, what's marriage at all? It's, everything has been inverted, right? You're the weird one for uh, wanting to, get, to, to avoid or abstain from mar- uh, sex before marriage, uh, let alone that you want to be married. Yeah, Kavanaugh is the <laughs> weird one because, oh, my God, he was a virgin until after high school. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, right? must, be, he must be a freakazoid, right? But 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 not what but, kind of man can't control himself, right? <laughs> That's, exactly That's right. one of the arguments. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So he, um, uh, but but marriage itself is now cons- it's becoming an, an, an anachronism. Like it's we forgot we're only focused now on the pleasurable aspect of it, and you don't have to believe me. I, I mean the facts are are out there on the street, literally. People are hooking up. You've heard about the hookup culture, and the idea is, hey, look, I enjoy sex. You enjoy sex. Let's do it. Right? There's no sense of the rules of the road or why sex is what it is in the first place. Yeah, but that's, the, that, that, that's yeah. what fascinates me is that they want all the benefits of sex without understanding why it, it's so pleasurable in the first place. Right? Right. They, they just don't stop to think about this. It's like, I don't know, driving a car that you really like a lot and... And deciding that there are no rules of the road, but you just, you know, you want to drive it because it feels good to drive. Yeah, through a house, through a restaurant, yes. through a kitchen, off a cliff. Yeah, Why not? It's whatever. All, it's all good. Yeah. But but what's interesting is, like, I was telling you about these, you know, social justice warrior types. It's almost like human nature knows there's something so sick about losing the meaning of sex itself. And so whether it's all those movements we've talked about before, the uh, the the fluidity movement, the transgender movement, the the feminist movement, there's this backlash against sex period, and these people are becoming asexual shutdowns. Yeah, they are shutting down from sex naturally, and then working to deprive all pleasure from anyone who's uh, gender normal, you know, cis, <laughs> cisgender, who, who yeah, might want to enjoy sex sometimes within a marriage healthily, right. And, and, and who eschew the very notion of cheating on their wife or, <clears throat> or their husband. I mean, they, you know, they, it, that is, is going to become outdated. The notion of um, people wanting to be faithful to their spouse is going to be outdated. People will start questioning that. And like uh, this notion, I mean, it, uh, even, even lefties who are married, they would, they would be taken aback if their husband, their wife, uh, said, I want, I want to sleep with this man, you know, gay or straight, whatever, right? And they don't even know why. <clears throat> but their own logic would dictate them to say, look, 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 honey, I just want to have fun. You're out of, uh, you're on a trip to Paris for the, the next two weeks. And frankly, you know, I, I saw this really cute, you know, hot mama. And uh, what's the big deal? I'm not in love with her. I just want to have I want to fool around. Yeah. Well, this I'll, t- I'll take precautions. Yeah. I'll wear a condom, and and uh, you know that way I won't have any. Uh, but it's just like me, you know, pleasuring myself in the in my own bedroom. What's the big deal? I just happen to have another woman involved in the, pro- uh, in the process. I wore a condom. I put it on my finger while I had sex. But you get. But, but to, no, do you but see you, what I'm yeah, saying? Of course. But this is where you get where the chili hits the cheese philosophically. I think it's so interesting. Only the the social justice warrior I was talking about earlier actually lives liberal values. 
Right. Everyone else is just a bunch of words. Right. Understand, there's no liberal, we've talked about this before, there's no liberal family we know at our, the school where our kids go to go, who are telling their kids, you know what, we're sending you to this school, but don't worry, you'll just be on welfare when you grow up. The government will take care of you. Don't worry, don't work hard. Of course, of course. No, no one's actually telling their kids, be promiscuous right now. It's okay. I, I believe in this to the point where I'm encouraging you, my child. I know, but that's it. not that's my point, Ari. I'm, my point is, we will get there. We will get to the point where the parents will eventually say, it's not worth it anymore to have any standards at all. You know, do what you want, Johnny. Well, that's I, where the I, social justice warrior types come from. I know. And, I, I, and they, they wear that out all right, on physically. All right, hang on, because I'm not going where you think I'm going. The point is that there will be so many impositions by the, the left and by the government vis-a-vis how you parent as well, that at some point the parents are simply going to fl- throw up their hands and say, whatever, Okay. I can't talk to you about, um, for example, my values. I can't talk to you about my faith in God or my, my faith in Jesus. Um, I can't talk to you about, uh, you know, um, the fact that you are a straight kid uh, as opposed to potentially a gay kid or a guy who identifies as a girl or a girl who identifies as a guy. I, I, I'm not allowed to, to do this. And, and they're imposing all these rule po- rules upon me. At some point, they'll say, I'm done. There is an uncle point for even parents. Oh, and, yes. and, what, and what they'll eventually say is, I won't even have kids in the first place. Because if I'm not allowed to even teach my kids my basic values, what's the point? You know, that, that's the amazing thing about this. They just, there's too many rules. And at the same time, they want to blow up all the existing rules. Like Anne Hathaway recently said in a speech in a transgender forum. So it's, it's very weird. Um, the, the rules are all falling apart on everybody. And I, I'm telling you that in addition to all of our other predictions, the notion that you want to get married to somebody will be considered bizarre, okay? Uh, yes, people will still want relationships, but it will be more like, let's just keep on going until we, we stop. And if you want to be just exclusive, hey, that's cool. But until you don't want to be exclusive, hey, that's cool too, Okay. You know, maybe I'll be a little bit sad, a little bit sad, they, but they won't even know why adultery is, adultery is wrong, for example. Right now, part of the reason why somebody gets upset that, that their husband or wife cheats, there, there's something very archetypal for them, even though they, don't, they may not be religious. No, it taps into their core values. It taps into their core values, values yeah. Yes. And, and they say, that is wrong with a capital W, really wrong. And whereas hold on, I thought that was a capital R. With their new spelling <laughs> That's right, with a new spelling rules. Right. Right. What's wrong with a capital R? No, but, but but you know what it's going to be like. This is what it's going to be like: cheating, what we call cheating today, but uh, sleeping with somebody that is not your general go-to uh, spouse or a person, because it won't be a spouse, will be this will be akin to you maybe eating too much ice cream. Okay, like you know, you, we all have done that, right? Where you you decide that you're you're not gonna you're gonna really be careful for dinner tonight. Yeah, I thought you were exclusive with sheep, and you had sex with a goat. How exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, how 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 um, I don't know why he derails my points all the time. Hang on, all right. I'm saying you know it's like you 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 plan to go for dinner and you just eat too much, okay? And maybe you snack on those chips way too much. Okay, and suddenly the whole bag of chips where you're planning to eat only two or three of them, boom, you're suddenly like, oh, crap, I ate all that. That's really bad. But that's, you know, no one's going to say you're a bad person 
Ari David for doing that, right? They'll, they'll say, ah, it's too bad. You, you kind of missed your own uh, agenda of what you wanted to do. That's what it's going to be like. Cheating on your significant other will be like that. Like, honey, I told you, you know what, sweetie, I'm sorry, but I just had to, you know, I'm so sorry about that. But, you know, well, okay, but try not to do that again. That's what it's going to be like. And, and, and the fact that people can't see this, uh, it frightens me. And, but the left is creating that world. It's a, it's a, it's a world where they, they destroy all the basic institutions. So I'm going to go full circle to wrap this up. We talked and we began this with the politics involved in the, the Kavanaugh matter. What we were actually seeing, and we can discuss it and drill down like we did all day long, about he said this, she said that, here's why she's lying, um, here are the issues, and can you believe he's doing it at, seven, you know, they're talking about issues at 17 and such. But the real problem here is a breakdown of all the rules. Nothing is tethered to any sort of standard. And that's why I brought this subject up, because it evokes how politics now and modern art, modern music, and yes, sex, have this one thing in common, that all the rules uh, associated with each of those categories uh, have been not only questioned, but they've been blown up to the point that we, we barely recognize why we have them in the first place. Whether it's the Constitution, which is being blown up in its own way, uh, that the notion of constitutional standards and advice and consent in the Senate, uh, whether it's you know, having a centered structure in your artwork, whether it's having more than just a beat in music, and whether it's, it's more than just uh, having an orgasm in sex. These are things that we, we forget why we have the rules in the first place. But this is what we're seeing, and, and, we, and it only goes to show it's, it's chaos. It's uh, entropy, right? That entropy is when things uh, kind of fall apart, right? If you let things go, things fall apart. And that's, that's our duty as conservatives, is to bring it back to the, to the sense of reality. And the only way to do it, the only way to do all this is to bring God back into the equation. Once you bring God back into the equation, things start falling into place. Not just in sex, not just in politics, but also in art and music and everything else that we've talked about. Things start making sense. Without it, well, you might as well have chaos because just live for the here and now. And that's exactly what we're seeing with our friends on the left. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week. 